Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. All right. Thank you for joining this episode of The Code. We appreciate you wherever you're listening from, however you're listening. I appreciate you tuning back in and listening to The Code. Again, my name is Dr. Andrew Fix. I'm a physical therapist and I'm your host for today's episode. And I'm excited today because I'm joined by the owner of the Matthew Moriarty Agency at Farmers Insurance and uh, Financial Services, Matt Moriarty. Thank you for coming to the show. We appreciate you being on here. Uh, of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it as well. Yeah, this is going to be fun because you guys who are listening to this, Matt is one of the people that I know who has the most like enthusiastic, um, all natural like energy. Whenever he talks, there's a lot of passion that's behind it. So I'm probably going to talk a little more excited <laughs> on this episode as a result. But um, but Matt. Coming on the code here on the episode, what I would love for you to do is just give a, you know, a quick snapshot background of yourself of, you know, you now own this insurance and financial agency, but like, where'd you come from? What'd you do before? And how did you get into the business that you are in now? Yeah, so great question. So um, I am actually, uh, believe it or not, I am the, uh, probably the third, I'm a, I have a brother and two sisters. Um, and I am uh, like in, in a range of like, you know, loudness. I am the, <laughs> I am the uh, third in line. My sisters are way louder than I am, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was fun, fun to be at holidays. But so I'm a fourth generation Coloradan, um, believe it or not. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've lived here in, in Denver uh, all of our lives. Um, my, my father was actually in the insurance business. My brother's in the insurance business. Uh, my sister-in-law is in the insurance business. Uh, my brother-in-law's in the insurance business, so I I never wanted to go into the insurance business ever <laughs> in a million years. Um, and uh, but so previous to this, I, I worked for a company uh, that we sold into the energy and utility space, um, and I was always traveling uh, all over the United States and Canada. And, and and unfortunately, you know, living that lifestyle, it doesn't give you an opportunity to to have what my dad had because my dad was always a coach for us. My dad was always there for us when we needed us as kids. Um, and, and here I was, I have, you know, they're 11 and, and nine now, but I had two young daughters um, who I didn't want to miss out on them growing up, right? So I looked into, um, you know, some uh, some opportunities to own a business. I've always been kind of a serial entrepreneur just because of the fact that I've had, you know, side businesses and everything along those lines. And, you know, I, I just ended up joining the family business, right? So um, starting my own agency um, and then growing it from there. So, um, yeah. Well, that's awesome. It's it's so funny where you're like, I never planned or never wanted to go into insurance. And then it's a family business. Like so many people in your family are involved in the insurance side of things. And I know a lot of times when I hear you talk about insurance, the angle that you come at it from is about protecting the things in your life that are like most valuable to you, the things that you put the most importance on, you know, making sure that you're protected just in case something happens. So like, you, you had mentioned your daughters is that, you know, I know you probably want to spend a lot of time with them. Um, and maybe that's part of the reason you went into this business, but like, is that something you thought about of like why you wanted to get involved in insurance um, of, you know, I want to make sure not only am I protected, but the clients that I get to work with, 
they're protected when they need to be protected? You know, it's, it's funny you ask that question because they're, you know, uh, it, it's kind of a weird situation. It's, it's almost like, you know, it's a buying intervention because I, you know, like I said, I, it was never a goal of mine to get in this business. Yeah. Um, but I took some, you know, I took a, a staycation, if you will, mm-hmm. um, from my, the job that I was at at that time. Um, and, uh, and took it at my dad's office. Right. Um, and I, I kid you not day two, um, of me being there, uh, you know, I, I had just gotten to the office and my dad said, Hey, listen, there was a fire last night. Um, you know, it's, it's right down the street, um, you know, from, from where our office was and, and we get there and, and what ha- what had happened was, is that there was a, um, there was one of these, uh, these smokers, right. These electric smokers that was supposed to turn off. And in the middle of the night, it didn't turn off. Right. Mm-hmm. And it ended up engulfing the home. Right. Um, and just to see these people, uh, you know, kind of the, that, that morning, I mean, uh, one, the lady had like one slipper on, right. They were about the same age as me and my wife. Right. And they were, the kids were about the same age as my kids at that time. Um, and you know, they had one cell phone, they just looked disheveled and they looked confused. And, you know, it, it just gave me an idea of, wow, this is something that's a, a, important, right? This, this actually does happen. This is not just something that, you know, that you see on commercials or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just to see the way that the, the claims adjuster took care of that, right? They had a check right there waiting for them. They ended up finding them a place, um, you know, luckily right down the street, there was a house that was for rent. Um, and they ended up like letting, you know, getting them into that. And it just changed the dynamics of it. Right. I mean, I, I can't honestly say that if, if that wouldn't have happened, that I would have been in this position right now. So, um, I'm a big believer in things happen, uh, for you, not to you. Um, and I think that that happened as kind of like a sign that I was meant to be in this industry and, and, you know, looking at those kids, here's another thing about that too. Like I told you that their, their kids were about the same age as my kids, right? They had left, um, you know, they the same thing with my kids. My kids always climbed into bed with mommy and daddy. Well, those kids had left their rooms and come into, to, uh, you know, to mommy and daddy's room. Had that not happened, we would be talking about a more, much more catastrophic story. So um, yeah, no, it, it perfectly hit me. It was like looking at my own family and all, all of a sudden, all these things that I saw my dad do, and, you know, some other members of my family, it suddenly made sense that it wasn't just some boring job of, you know, something that no one wanted because nobody wants insurance. Nobody wants to talk about insurance. In yeah. fact, if we talk too much about it, people will turn this off. Right. So <laughs> um, but I mean, that's the bottom line is, is that, you know, it's it's something that's important. And so I, I took the responsibility of, hey, listen, my job is to educate these people and to make sure that they know kind of what their risks are, you know, from a current and future perspective, um, and then also help them grow those risks. So we work with business owners, we work with individuals, and, and we work with people, um, you know, like looking to acquire assets as well. So uh, it's a perfect fit. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's a, that story like hits you on your heartstrings type of thing, because you just imagine, or I just find myself imagining like, what if that happened to us? Oh yeah. Um, and we don't even have children right now, but you know, I find myself in a similar boat where I love that quote that you said, things happen for you, not to you, because, you know, I got into the field of physical therapy sort of for the same reason. You know, I watched my father go through rehabilitation for shoulder surgeries that he had, but then it really, nothing clicked this or flipped the switch until I had my own injury and I had to go through my own round of physical therapy that I sort of decided, man, this this being injured, being out of the activity that you enjoy doing really sucks. Mm-hmm. And I know other people feel the same way and I want to help them get through that. So it was like something happened to me, but actually for me, because it it's gave me that like launching point to the profession that I find myself in now. So, so yeah, sounds like same thing happened to you. Um, how old are your daughters now? 
So they're 11 and nine. 11 um, and nine. Yeah. So it happened seven years ago, believe it or not. Wow. So, so they were young. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is I know your family is extremely important to you. I know your business and your team at your business are very important to you, making sure you're supporting all of those individuals. Um, but then I know living a very like healthy, driven lifestyle is very important to you. So when was it that, was it before you had kids? Was it after you had kids? Like, when did you really get into this like fitness, healthy lifestyle type of routine that you have now? Great question. So, um, you know, I was always an athlete growing up. Um, I, I, you know, I played football, basketball and baseball. Um, you know, I, it's, but sometimes you let your job, right. Become the only, only thing that's going on. And, and there was a time, I think it was like 10 or 12 years ago, right before actually, no, cause my daughter's so it was about 10 years ago, right after I had my daughter, right? Yeah. And I had, a, I was looking at a picture uh, of her uh, and I um, when she was a baby. And I noticed that I didn't quite look the way that I wanted to look, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was a situation where I, you know, I kind of let that portion of me go, right? Um, yeah, I, I was kind of trapped in into thinking that, you know, that, oh my gosh, well, I, I can't do any of these things anymore because now, you know, I'm a, I'm a parent, right? My wife is... Uh, my wife's pregnant. So she's, you know, like she's eating, I'm not trying to blame her, but, but she's like, you know, constantly eating, she's all, constantly eating all these sweets and stuff like that. Sure, and I kind of sure. gave in it, honestly. Um, and I had gotten to the point where, where I was, I didn't even almost recognize myself, you know, when I saw myself in the pictures and I was overweight. Right. Um, and I made that connection that, you know, I heard, I was listening to the story of this guy um, who was talking about, you know, that, uh, that he, his one, he had a heart attack and he um, wasn't able to, you know, he, he made a change in lifestyle because of the fact that uh, he wanted to make sure he was able to walk his daughters down the aisle. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, right around that time, my mom passed away and, and, um, and we were pregnant with a second daughter and suddenly it clicked, right. Suddenly it clicked that, you know, Hey, listen, I am in control of my life. Right. And so how am I going to be the best version of myself? Right. Is, am I someone who, you know, if you believe in heaven or if you believe that what, what's next, if you, if your life flashes before your eyes at the end, is that something you're going to be truly happy at? And, and I was, wasn't happy at that time. I was someone who was watching TV all the time. I was listening to the news all the time. You know, I was doing everything that they tell you not to do. And so I wasn't, uh, I didn't have the positive aspects that, that I, that I do now. I wasn't reading, I, you know, I was just living. Right. Um, and, and I think that, you know, once I had my daughter, once my mom unfortunately passed away, I think it really made, uh, you know, it made me want to change my life. Right. And yeah. it made me want to, um, you know, get better in every area. And, and you mentioned health and fitness. I mean, that was, that was number one, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I looked at, you know, some of my friends that they were doing, you know, races and, and doing all these other things and still being active. And I, I wasn't that way. And I was like, well, this is not like, I'm in control of what my life is. And the only way I'm going to do that is, is to put in the work, right. Um, take that first step, um, and then, you know, go kind of go from there. So, you know, I started going to the gym a couple of times a week and, um, you know, I, I would, at first I would go in the afternoon, but then I would, I would, uh, you know, pretty soon I would make excuses yeah. at the end of the day. Cause I'd be like, about. well, I'm just too tired to go to the gym. So I, I started making myself get up early in the morning. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and because it, once I'm up, I'm up. Right. And I have no choice. Right. I've already made that commitment. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I ended up joining a CrossFit gym yeah. and it was phenomenal. 
Um, it got me in, like, it really helped with regards to, you know, getting me towards those goals. I think hiring a trainer and having a professional help you, especially early on is, is one of the keys. I mean, we look at someone like Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Like that guy had like four coaches, not, and I'm not talking about Phil Jackson. I'm talking about people that, you know, he had a nutritionist. He had right. someone who was, who was, tra- who was, you know, physic training his you know, physiology, his, his mindset, all of those things. So, um, you know, it's, it's taking that step and, and going towards that direction. So that's how that got. Yeah. Well, and it sounded like the thing that sort of uh, was the turning point was a bit of a mindset shift. Oh, yeah. Right. You you saw this photo of yourself and your daughter and you had that moment of realization where you're like, I'm the one that's in control of what happens here. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if I can't in the future, walk my daughters down the aisle because my health is poor or whatever, like that's that's on me. That's oh, yeah. my fault. And um you know, there was motivation from thinking about other people, but like it was a mindset shift that led to the change. And I think that's true for like most people. Um, you know, I've had clients in physical therapy with the exact same story of, you know, I need to come in for rehab because my knee is giving me so much trouble mm-hmm. and I have my children's wedding coming up, right? I need to be able to be active, a participant in this wedding, whether it's a son or a daughter or whatever, like, and I don't want this to hold me back. Yeah, so, exactly. So we, like we hear the same things and you know, it's unfortunate, but it's a good thing that a lot of times it's like big events in your life, like a wedding or like a death in the family or something that like triggers that mindset change. Yeah. But um, you touched on, you used to work out in the afternoon. Now you work out in the morning and it was easier to make excuses uh, later in the day because yeah, there's just less that you can control, right? Mm-hmm. Things may happen throughout the day that are totally outside of your control. You know, maybe there will be a really legitimate reason that you cannot go to the gym because maybe something has happened and you need to go in an emergency situation somewhere else. What we find in the fitness industry is the people who have the most consistency in their routine and do not miss their workouts are the morning exercisers, right? Now, not everybody, and maybe we'll have an episode on this in the future. Not everybody is a morning person, right? There are people who their circadian rhythm is set a little different where they're more functional and um, they perform better in the afternoon. Some people perform better in the morning, but from a consistency of exercise standpoint, the people who work out in the morning are the ones who are the most diligent and consistent with that across the spectrum. Um, so, yeah. So what position did you play in, uh, in football growing up? So I played, well, I played running back at first and then I got too tall. Um, uh, and yeah. so, uh, I was kind of a cross between an H back and a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You're, you're quite a bit taller than me. I've never been referred to as tall in my life, um, <laughs> for the record. Um, but so you, you said some, uh, friends of yours or other people that you saw working out were doing like races and things. Yeah. And I think I'm familiar, but probably nobody listening to this is familiar you do some races now, right? For some oh, yeah. competition. So like, what types of things are you getting into? Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny because it, there's a, there's a story to this, right? So we used to watch, uh, when my, with my daughters, we used to watch, uh, American Ninja Warrior, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and so like, I was sitting there watching with my daughters and I'm like, oh, I could totally do that. Right. What I didn't realize is a lot of those guys are like five foot two and weigh like 89 pounds. Right. Uh, and I'm six, four, you know, about 200 pounds. And so like, you know, it was, it was not something that, you know, I could uh, very easily accomplish. Right. Um, and so, um, so, but then they went and told everybody about it. Like they started telling everybody, Oh, my dad's going to be on American Ninja <laughs> Warrior. They're going to be. And, and so I'm like, Oh, Oh no, I'm, you know, I'm stuck in, into this, right. The, essentially. <laughs> right. But luckily I was watching um, Shark Tank. It was like an early episode and Mark Cuban had invested in a company that, um, and I, I can't remember exactly which it was like Warrior Dash or something. 
um, where it was like that. It had some of those obstacles to it, um, but it also had a you know the running aspect to it as right. well. And I'm like, well, I can, I can do that, right? So mm -hmm. it's like three miles. I can totally do that, right? Um, and I hadn't run in a while, right? Um, and so I remember, uh, I remember the first time I went out to run, and I'm like, I'm gonna go run three miles right now, right? Um, and I hadn't run in a while, and uh, and I, I made it like two times around the lap, around the um, around the um, block or block. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yep. Um, and I, I was just like completely out of shape. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I mean, I was working out and stuff like that. And I was, you know, I was getting more muscular, but from a, from a, a standpoint of endurance, I wasn't quite where I needed to be. Um, and so, uh, you know, at, at that point I'm like, well, shoot, should I do it or not? And my mindset told me you made the commitment, you're going to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I signed up for it. Um, and it was rugged maniac. Right. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 I made that commitment to do it. And then I ended up, you know, training for it. Like I ended up running and running and running. And then I ended up getting um, to the point where I could actually, uh, you know, finish that thing. Right. Um, and, and, and since then, you know, I've, I've kind of expanded that, obviously I've done, you know, Spartan races, uh, Spartans, you know, from the Spartan sprint to the Spartan, um, to the Spartan super to the Spartan ultra, um, you know, I've done all of them. Um, you know, kind of the next thing in line, what I want to do is, is a, is a triathlon. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I do marathons. I do all kinds of stuff. I'm not David Goggins where I'm going to go out and run a hundred miles. That's not in my, yeah forte but not everyone is him so yeah and especially i remember listening to uh to his book david goggins book and when he did his first one um i think it was i think it was maybe in san diego or something yeah. it was around like a one mile loop right of course eating and crackers he, yeah he like didn't train for it he's drinking like protein shakes yeah. during it and like just totally like weighing himself down like feeling terrible um so i, I couldn't even imagine that i remember listening to that part of the book so I haven't done some of these same events that, that you've done, but I have completed, um, I signed up for a tough mutter last year, nice. mostly because of, you know, I find myself being more of like a runner. I like to run fast, mm -hmm. right? So I've never really done the obstacle things, but based on my fitness level, I mean, I could do all the obstacles. Yeah. I'm like oh, pretty yeah. good yeah, at yeah. the obstacles. But, um, the reason that my wife and I signed up for the tough mutter one, it was like right near our neighborhood. Yeah. It was like right next to us. We had to drive like two minutes to get to, to where the start was. And uh, two of my clients in the office were, were doing it. And they basically asked me, do you want to do this with us? I wasn't going to tell them no. Right. right? I was like, well, yeah, if you're going to do it, you're, you're coming in, you're paying me um, to, to help you out with the problem. You asked me if I want to do something with you. Hell yeah, I'm going to do it. So we signed up for that. It was a uh, last summer, I mean, hot Colorado sun, right? Um, it took us quite a long time because we, the terrain was not, uh, not nice and smooth, right? Yeah. We were, it was a very high risk of like rolling your ankle. If you're trying to run this thing really fast. So yep. we were, we were just taking it slow so that nobody got hurt. But, um, what I loved about that event was, you know, if you weren't someone that was just out there trying to blaze the course and just like set some record time. And honestly, even if you were the way that those races are set up is there's like some teamwork that's yeah. oftentimes required in order to complete some of the obstacles. And even if you're just like a total random person that's out there doing it, you end up like basically being friends with other people on the course. Yeah. Cause you need each other's help. 
Well, and that's the cool thing about it too, because I I did that two years ago, mm-hmm. and I, I did not have a team, so I, yeah. I figured it was just like everything else. I just went out there by myself, and like the first obstacle, you're jumping into a pit of mud, and you have there's like a, a you, you know climb you, out. Yeah, yeah, you have to climb out, but you can't do it without other people, yeah, right? You can't. There's yeah. another where you have to. I had to borrow somebody, right? Somebody had to do it twice, where I had to like put them on my back and and you know take them yeah. down there and back. So yeah, no, I mean I, I love that aspect of it as well. In fact, I'm getting my team um, to, to like my team at, you know, my teammates at, um, at my agency, yeah. uh, we're all going to do it this year. So, um, yeah, good do team you, building. You're going to do the tough mutter. Yeah. All do you, together. Do you know, are they holding it in the same place as last year? So I know they held it in like Sterling range. Yeah, I, think they're, I think they're still doing it. So maybe I'll do it again. Cause yeah. it'll be right by my house again. Nice. Um, but you, um, you touched on something right there that, that I was going to ask you about anyway. So maybe I'll just ask you now. So you mentioned your team, mm-hmm. Uh, at the office. So I would imagine it sounds like you're a competitive person, right? You, you push yourself and you don't like to make just excuses for why I can't do something. How have you kind of taken like, you know, your passion, your enthusiasm in your family and in your fitness life and brought that into the office in terms of like growing a team Mm -hmm. of other professionals who like, we're all trying to be successful together. No, and that's a great question. I think there's there's two key components to that. Um, number one is is that um, we have you know we did a we did uh, our core values, kind of what you know what is important to us um, mm-hmm. from that standpoint, and we do that like uh, you know every single hiring and firing or anything along those lines, any correction in someone uh, you know that that someone's doing wrong, it's it's all based on our core values, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was the greatest exercise that we ever did, um, just because of the fact it kind of tells who we are. And it can weed out if we're if we're interviewing someone who's not a good fit for what we we're, yeah. we're looking to accomplish, right? Um, and, and so I think that that is 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 a really cool aspect of it. Um, I made the mistake early on of you know I'm a high energy guy and not everyone is. Yeah. Um, you know there's the seven you know there's the basic needs of most people, right? And I think that I've made a conscious effort to figure out what's important to people um, to motivate them to accomplish their own goals, right? Mm-hmm. So not everyone's mo- money motivated. Not everyone is is um, you know it, it may be you know a, a lunch, right? They they want to lunch with with me or recognition or yeah. um, you know need uh, a cop whatever. So. Uh, that's the whole thing is, is that from a team perspective, I think that we all, we're all after the same goal, um, you know, and, and to bring that in as a team, yeah. um, not everyone is going to be the same, have the same motivations as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that was the big key for me is learning that and then adjusting and making it about them. Right. And finding out what, what goals they have and then holding them accountable to their goals, not my goals. Right. I think that's a big point because it is very hard to motivate someone to do something that, they're not passionate about like, yeah. like holding them accountable to their goals that they told you was important to them is extremely important. And, you know, we try to do the same thing of like, we set core values and then you know, I don't like to use the term. Uh, I don't like to use the terms hire and fire, but like add people or remove people from your team based on those core values so that the culture remains a certain way. Yeah. Um, because then everybody's like working towards a certain, certain mission or whatnot. And I'm kind of the same way. Like you said, not everybody is financially motivated. And as long as this is how I find myself, as long as I have enough finances to support the lifestyle that I want to have, to support the family and the, the comfort level that we want to have, you know, have a roof over our head, have a car to, that's safe to get us places. I don't need like this exorbitant amount of money from a work standpoint or a career standpoint. I want to feel like 
I'm not just being financially compensated. I want to feel like I have a place Mm -hmm. and there's a vision for me to like progress within whatever the organization is and that we are moving towards something that's bigger than ourselves type of thing. Like that's, that's what motivates, motivates me. And if you don't have those conversations with each individual staff member and figure out like individually what's important to them, you're never going to know. Yeah. You're, you're never going to know what's important to them. Well, and, and, and honestly, I mean, you know, the coolest thing in the world is if you actually look at it, because things have changed, right? You're right. Higher uh, fire is, yeah. is it's a different terminology these days. You're, you're, we're, we're all team building, right? Yep. If you look at, you know, like Alabama, right? The way that they they build their team, I mean, they they their culture is everything. So they attract people to that culture, um, and they all have that same mission. Not ever all those people are exactly the same, but they all have that uh, that it's that's going towards that. So, um, but when I'm looking at it, like I look at myself as a coach, right? I look at myself as um, how can I help this? It's a huge responsibility in today's world, right? 50 years ago or what have you, like it was the employee boss relationship. That's not what we are. Like every single person that's on my team is fully licensed. Um, they, they have these exact same licenses as me, except in financial, uh, they're not financially licensed, but um, they're no different than me. So it's my job and my responsibility to, again, hold them accountable to what their goals are. Um, but I can't tell you how happy I am to do that, right? It's not about me making as much money as possible. It's about them growing. They're they're trusting me, right? They can go a lot of places, right? They're trusting me with their future, right? They're trusting me with their family. They're trusting me to make the right decisions um, that's going to steer the ship, um, that's going to make, you know, to make it work for them, right? Um, And that's a huge responsibility. And it's something that I, I don't take lightly. What's going on, Code listeners? Dr. Andrew Fix here. And I want to tell you about our friends at Element. Element makes a tasty electrolyte drink with everything that you need and nothing that you don't. That means the science-backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. And that's why I use it. I've been taking Element for two years now, and I absolutely love the stuff, and I wouldn't want to exercise without it. For all of you code listeners and friends of Physio Room, Elements offered a special to you guys, and I want you to take advantage of it. Go ahead and visit drinkelement.com slash physioroom. That's drinklmnt.com slash physioroom to receive that special offer. You're going to get a free variety pack with any purchase that you place, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks so much. Love that you brought up Alabama because, you know, I'm a huge football fan, and although I... I'm a big 10 fan. I'm a Wisconsin fan, but um, Alabama has very clearly hands down, like the best program Mm -hmm. in the country. And it's not close when you look at the resume that they have, you know, they're in the playoff every single year. They're winning the national championship, like every other year, it seems. Um, And and on the other years, if it's not them, it's someone else in the SEC a lot of the time, (laughs) but that culture that they've created, like obviously Saban is the, is the head coach, but He's just being there as a guide and a mentor for everyone else, for the other assistant coaches and for, for the, the players and their families. Um, but the culture that they've created basically has become their best recruiting tool. Oh yeah. Right. Because people want to come there. Yeah. They probably get so many people wanting to come there that they're just like taking the percentage that they want because they have an unlimited number of like applicants, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, to that program. And if, as you build an organization that like the culture is very positive and people see that from the outside, 
they're just drawn to it and they, they want to be a part of it. Yeah. No, I mean, if you read Ben Lombardi's book, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you guys are, so that, I mean, that, that, that is the perfect book for, you know, from a leadership perspective, if yeah. you look at that, um, you know, you can follow that to a T and that's exactly what, if you look at Bill Belichick, if you look at yeah. um, all those, those high performers, that's what they do as well. Right. So yeah. absolutely. It's absolutely. been around for a long time. It's just that, you know, people need to, well, I think like you, you had mentioned base, like people have basic human needs, yeah. right. And from many, many years ago to now, and many, many years in the future, a lot of those basic human needs don't change, mm-hmm. right. Our technology changes, uh, cars drive themselves, all this stuff, like things change and infrastructure changes, but our basic human needs don't really change. Like we need community. Mm-hmm. We need personal connection. I think that's one thing that we've seen has been so hard in the last two years since the pandemic started is like personal connection has been harder. Um, and then we all need, you know, people to help hold us accountable. Oh yeah. Right. For sure. Um, so how have you seen, uh, I kind of want to like reverse back just a little bit um, from the team to your family. How have you seen like your lifestyle and your importance that you've placed on fitness and taking care of yourself at a very um, young age of your daughters? You said it was like when your daughter was really young is when you really started to make this shift. How have you seen that start to like transpire into your family and, you know, how your daughters have started to grow up and how you've raised them and how you've tried to like instill this motivation, if you will, into them as a father? Yeah, no. And, and that's a great question too. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I think that um, lead by example in some cases, right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think they see me get up. I mean, part of the reason, I, I mean, I get up at 4am, right. Yeah. Part of the reason is, is because I don't want to miss out on, I mean, the reason I, I changed careers was because I didn't want to miss out on them growing up. The reason I got started getting up at 4am, I mean, I could get up at 6am, right. right. Um, but I, I love the fact that I'm able to share that time with my daughter. So I get up at 4 a.m., you know, I go work out, I go to the, I go to, uh, I read, you know, at least 10 pages of a business book um, or, or a self-help book, whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I do, there's a lot of routines that I do in the morning, but I do those things just because of the fact that I get them out of the way in the morning. And then I'm able to come and spend time with my kids, right? I take, I still take my kids to school every morning. Um, I have breakfast with my kids. I'm able to take them to school. I have that time. Uh, my wife picks them up and takes them home. Um, but there, there's rules where, it, you know, I want to make sure that I'm home um, before, you know, a certain time so that I have that, that nighttime, I'm able to coach both my daughters in, in different sports. Um, but you know, I think that that's the most important thing is, is that lead by example, show them, um, more show them the way I think that like success leaves clues in any area. Um, and I think that that's a huge thing, especially for kids, um, is if you are, if that's the environment that you live in, um, I think that that kind of translates into that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's hugely important right there and, and spend those time and let them know, you know, how much you care about them and how much you care about the, the, what they, what they eat, right. Have those discussions with them. Yeah, no, I love that because the, the quote that I, I think of in my head when you're saying that is don't let what you want right now, like distract you from what you want the most in the world or oh, what yeah. you want the most in life. And what it sounds like you're saying is what you want the most in life is to be able to spend time with the people who are important to you, your exactly. family. And you obviously have other goals. You have business goals, you have personal health and fitness goals, but you prioritize those things around the other stuff that is more important to you, spending the the morning time and the evening time with your family. 
And that's like non-negotiable. And it's like, yeah. okay, this is the most important thing in my schedule. I'm going to block that in. And then I'm going to get my other stuff done around that. And if that means I have to wake up at four in the morning, well, then that means I have to wake up at four in the morning. And if I'm waking up at four in the morning, well, I probably need to go to bed at a reasonable hour so that I can get enough sleep. Well, and I think too, I think, I think it's, you know, a lot of people talk about this, like the why, right. Or mm -hmm. as Ben Newman calls it the burn, right. Yeah. Um, like what, why are you doing these things? Right. Like there is, there has to be a reason why you are um, doing what you're doing. Right. And I think there's four key components that you, you know, that everyone needs to focus on or, or improve upon. Right. We're one of them's family, which is, which is the most important thing to me. Right. So, and which, which affected my fitness, right. Because I want to make sure that I'm there for my daughters. Right. Um, you know, with, what, when I had Tori, my youngest daughter, like it was the, the greatest feeling in the world. I mean, like just to have, have her hold her in my arms, even though that picture, right. <laughs> motivated me, but to have, to, to be like, Oh my gosh, I just gave, gave, you know, life, right. This is a piece of me. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a huge responsibility on that. And uh, finances is another thing, like, you know, get it, get your, getting your finances in order um, because it allows you to spend those, that time with your family. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then the faith portion of it, right. Too, like whether you believe in God or you, you, what, you know, believe, belief in yourself. I mean, I think these things are so important and they all go together to construct what the, the perfect life that you want to be. But, and why do we do all these things? Right. We don't do all these things just for, for ourselves, right? We that's not, I mean, like it seems like, oh, this is so selfish of you to, you know, go do all these things, um, you know, that are for you. But I almost look at it like, you know, these are things that can propel me, give me the energy, um, give me the vision um, to take care of my family, right? To be there for them, to make a diff profound difference in their lives. I'm not doing it for, for that, me, I'm doing it for them. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I think what you were just saying. And I'm sure you guys can hear the, the passion that he's exuding here when Matt's talking about this. But I often on this show will ask people, you know, because we're talking to high performers, we're talking to business owners, people that are like trying to push the envelope on a regular basis in one capacity or another um, of like the show is called The Code, A Guide to Health and Human Performance. And I will often ask people like, what is your um, summary of like recommendations or like what is your code? For success type of th things and i think what you basically just were saying is like your answer probably to that question yeah no no doubt i mean i think it's making a decision you make that decision and you say do you take actions towards it i think the biggest reason people fail is because over and over they make promises that they don't keep to themselves um and i think that is one of the biggest uh you know that's the biggest reason why people um you know kind of give up on that right and it's and it's like honestly like um the biggest advice I can give to you, uh, to anyone out there is to find out what you, uh, what, what's important to you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why are you doing the things you're doing? Like what plan your, you know, plan your life to some extent and find your why of what you really care about. And that's what drives you because anyone can get motivated listening to a great motivational speaker, right? Uh, and they, and that you see it all the time. People are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this, this, and this, right? Yep. But it's when things get tough, that they give up, right? And it's having that mental focus, that mental toughness um, to to do that. And I think that's what the biggest thing that high performers do. Um, they're not any different than anyone else, right? It's that they make the choice to do it, whether they feel like it or not. It's mm -hmm. Ben Ben Newman talks about this 
standard over feelings, right? It doesn't matter what you're feeling. You have a standard, you need to do it, right? Um, and so that's that's the biggest thing right there is finding out where you're going to go, where you want to go, planning that out, you know, putting a plan to get there, and then sticking to it no matter how you feel. I can't say it any better. What he's talking about there, you guys, is called grit, right? Yep. Like having the perseverance to continue to show up and do things even when obstacles come and it doesn't feel like it's not a day that you feel like doing this thing. You do it anyways, because you know that you're pushing towards what is truly important to you. And I think all high performers compared to other people, whether they're passionate about the same things or not, is the people who end up being the high performers are more gritty than the other people, right? At the end of the day. And there's an awesome book that talks about that. That's the title of the book. It's called Grit. Um, Angela Duckworth is the author. And um, yeah, it's a great book. There's a little quiz in there that you can take and, you know, kind of assess yourself. I remember the the practice that I was with before I joined Physio Room. Uh, I went through an orthopedic residency program. And that was one of the um, books that we were required to read because, you know, they were just trying to love to know things are going to get hard and we want to see how much grit you have. And then we took that quiz like early on, and then we took that quiz later on to see if we scored similarly or, or if we gained in our grit score or anything like that. But, um, but that's like the summary of what, what Matt is talking about right there is you have to be able to persevere and continue to show up when, when challenges hit you, right? Um, so Matt, the, uh, I think this, this has gone great so far. Like obviously you're a great person to have on this show. Um, but what's next for you? I know your, your team continues to grow at your agency. I'm not sure if your family is going to continue to grow. I know you've got, you know, my, my wife may want us <laughs> to have more, but you know, I don't know about that. Yeah. But you said your, your, um, your team is going to be doing a fitness competition together. We had, um, Dr. James Stetson on this show, uh, one of our providers, and he was talking about the community in CrossFit mm-hmm. and how, when people do hard things together, it creates like this bond. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, it sounds like that's part of the reason maybe you're going to do that with your team, but like, what is, what is the future hold for you in terms of like your team and where you want to see things go, go from here? Yeah, no, I mean, great question. I mean, we, we definitely have a vision of where we're going. We are licensed in, in six States. We'd like to be at 50, all 50 at some point. Nice. Um, I mean, I think our goal is to, is to lead people back. If, if we're, if we're following what our vision is, um, and I won't give you the exact vision, but ultimately it's to leave people better than when we found them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm someone who like when we're, when we're sitting down with clients, if I don't care if they end up going with us or not, but our, our job, that's, you know, that's not something that I can control. Right. What I can control is, is, is giving the advice I give. Cause I think so many times in our industry, it becomes something that where people are, uh, you know, it, it, you don't know the difference between all these things. So it's just based on, well, how much can I save on this one? Right. How much can I save here? But you don't actually realize how, from a protectionary standpoint, like what the decisions you make now could affect you in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's our duty and obligation to make sure that we're uh, advising our clients about how to best protect themselves from risk um, and to make sure that uh, that they're able to continue to perform um, and, and not have yeah. a, a, something catastrophic happen where, you know, the, the, they're, they have no uh, money at all. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's, a, you know, where we go from here is, is one one person at a time. Yeah. I think that's that's the most important. I love that. And I know that's one of the things that you're passionate about, like being an insurance representative who 
is there for your clients when they need you, right? Like they have your cell phone number, they can text you, they can call you, they can email you, whatever. You're going to be there for them. And that's one of the benefits of working with a, like a, a local or not, you mentioned 50 states, but like working with an individual and not just like with some random big corporation is you have someone that you can rely on and be account, like hold you accountable or they're there for you when you need it. Well, and again, like you stated earlier, I mean, it's my job, my duty as the owner to make sure that everyone that comes on our team lives by the same values, right? Yeah. So, you know, in, in a perfect world, if whether they're talking with me or they're talking with someone on my team, um, you're going to get the same level of service because we're, right. we are customer focused 100%. So, you know, and that's what we try to do at Physio Room too. I mean, as awesome as it would be, and how large our business could continue to grow, or I like to use the term practice, not business, but our practice could continue to grow if every client, potential client that we came into contact with decided to come to us for their care. But that's just not realistic, right? Yeah. We, we can only control to a very small extent if that person that we're talking to on the phone or in the community is going to actually come in and you know do business, become a client of ours with our office. But what we can control is the education that we provide them and the guidance that we provide that person, you know, um, on the insurance side, like the health insurance side, we end up being the the people that educate people on like how the health insurance system works, quite yeah. frankly, and like what the difference is between going one direction compared to another direction. But yeah, all we can control is the time and the effort. The, um, you know, one of our core values is to control the controllables, your attitude, your effort, and your enthusiasm that you pour into every interaction mm -hmm. with an individual. And, you know, I've always been very passionate about like the client on my schedule at 6 p.m. better get the same energy and effort from me as the person at 9 a.m. Yeah. type of thing, right? Like it's not their fault that they're scheduled at six compared to nine. That might've been the only op opening that we had on the schedule. Yeah. That's just what they took because that was available but that doesn't mean they get less of service. And that's the only thing we can control is just like, how do we approach these interactions with people? How do we educate them so that we can guide them to making whatever the best decision is for them at that, at that time. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because we talk so much about, you know, it, it buzzwords, right? Buzzwords like, oh, we're disrupting this industry, right? Yeah. Well, in, in reality, I think that the true disruptors are people who go back to basics, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, people who actually put the client first and people who uh, assess, uh, assess, you know, solve problems, really. Yeah. I mean, it's not just about, you know, going online and getting something done for you or, you know, watching a video and getting something done for you. It's actually having that relationship yeah. Um, and, and actually having someone care and educate right. you and right. actually, um, you know, help you, yes. right? That's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, you're totally right. And I love, I love that you said like problem solving because, you know, when we hire a office manager, the, an office manager, the, the person who sits at our desk, answers the phone, often schedules people, you know, that's their main job is not to schedule people. It's not to, um, you know, get clients to arrive in our office, although that is a goal, it's to be a problem solver solver for the person on the other end of the phone. Yeah. And the solution to their problem might be coming in and seeing us. It might not. It might be something else. And we want that person in that role to be like so willing and able to like maybe give the person on the phone a referral to another place who might be a better solution okay. to their problem that, that they're calling in for, right? Yep. Be a problem solver. It's not all. It's not always going to result in business for you. But by just taking care of people, 
you'll get rewarded sometime in the future. The right? law of reciprocity, yeah, right? right? Put as much good as you can into this world. And, you know, I mean, it, what's the worst that happens? If nothing comes back your way, at least you're a good person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that kind of like wraps up in a way, like what, what we've been talking about. Like you're talking about it from your family standpoint. You're talking about it from your own fitness routine. You're talking about it with your team, just like putting your effort and enthusiasm into it. And it's going to come back. It's going to be reciprocal on the back end. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, one of your guys' goals or visions is to like leave people better than where you found them. Or like, you know, hopefully that's what we all do in this world is like leave the world in a better place than it was when you arrived here. And I think you've done that, Matt, on this episode, all the people that decided to listen to this, which we appreciate you doing that. But if people want to find out more information or get in contact with you, Matt, where can people find you or your team and how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, obviously um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Um, you can find us on, I have a YouTube channel, um, which I'll give you all that, that information. We will put that in the show notes. Um, net. You can find me on there. Um, or, you know, there's a lot of different uh, verticals that you can find me. Uh, phone number is 303-798-3081. Awesome. Awesome. Matt, I appreciate you being on the show. Everyone that tuned in and listened to this, I appreciate you tuning into the code for this episode with Matt Moriarty. And it would be uh, it would be bad of me to not do this. We're going to end the show with Matt's tagline. We are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. Goodbye. See ya.